A question I'd like you to ask yourselves is, is human life sacred? And something that you might not think about is why. Why is human life sacred? I mean, just even on this topic of, of um, being pro-life, right? The sanctity of, of a child in, in a womb. For many Christians, they think to themselves, why are we talking about this? We know, that we, we, we know what we believe, but do we know what we believe? You know, some of us will answer yes. A child in the womb is, and, and human life is sacred because deep down inside, they have a conviction that it is. But can, they, can you verbal, verbalize why it is? Could you share that with your neighbor? Is human life unique? Is a human life unique compared to all other living beings? If you say yes, why? Where did you get this idea? Where did you get this idea that human life is sacred? Where did you get this idea that we're unique from all other things? You know, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I mean, this is starting to get us on track. But the problem is, is that the godless worldview is a strange one. If you really think it out, it's, it's very str strange. See, God deniers say that humans are nothing more than highly evolved animals. Right? Is that true? That we're the byproduct of the, 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 uh, the fittest surviving and dominating and overtaking the weaker and the less fit. Well, that makes you kind of proud, doesn't it? You're here today because you, you are the top of the food chain. <laughs> you are the most fit, if that was true. But the problem is, is that on the other hand, people, people with this same worldview, this, this foundation of their worldview, uh, they, they believe that human beings are invaluable. Worthy of justice. How many, how many times have we heard that in, in, in social media and in, in, the me, in mainstream media? Justice. Right? Equality. And compassion. And, the, and, and they go as far as saying that those that are done wrongly need to be compensated for any perceived wrong they may, may have endured. Seems strange. They, they, if you have been wrong by someone using their power in a way that evolution actually celebrates. Survival of the fittest. It's schizophrenic. It doesn't make sense. That line of reasoning do not connect. 
If human beings are nothing more than highly involved animals, then we should be no more surprised when someone uses their power to harm a weaker person than we would be at being shocked when a lion chases down a gazelle and eats it. Right? So why do people feel outrage when people act like animals? After all, how many times are we told that that's really all we are? That we're nothing but animals. Over the recent years, we have seen people in the streets demanding justice for those that have been killed by police officers. And, I mean, that seems to be pro-life, right? And then you have the shutting down of businesses. You have the shutting down of churches for COVID-19, which also seems to be pro-life. So why is there discrimination from these born people against the unborn? Why do they segregate themselves from the unborn? Why do they look down on the unborn? I mean, are they suffering from unbornophobia? Right? We like labeling people. See, if we believe in mercy and justice for those that are lacking power, what about those who are the most powerless? If we believe in rights for women, what about the women that are killed daily in the womb? See, their logic doesn't connect because its foundation is faulty. It's shifting ground. It's sand. If we believe that all lives matter, what about unborn lives? See, despite the indoctrination that passes for schooling and education, this remains in all human beings, the dignity, the sanctity, the uniqueness of human life because it's been put in there by our conscience. Because we were created in the image of God. It might shock, be a shock to you but uh, the two major forces of man have been no friends to equality. The two major forces of man, mankind, humanity, are no friends with, equal, with equality for all. First, man-made religion. Man-made religion did not come up with the idea of equal rights. Nor did, did the origination of of secular humanism or the non-religious worldview, does that give us equality in human rights? Hear this. If you are one of those people that say that all religions are the same, all religions are not the same. All religions, there is no religion apart from the Christian faith that mandates a deep commitment to the equality of all people. There is no other... All these man-made religions, even even Christian man-made religions, right? Anything that 
is work-based, anything is merit-based. Because as soon as you get into works, and as soon as you get into merit, guess what? You have the haves and the haves-nots. There's not equality. We're not all on level playing field with God. Only the Christian faith in the Gospel of Jesus Christ brings tr true equality. In, other, in every other religion, certain individuals and classes rank higher than others on the ladder of spiritual attainment. They are more enlightened. They are more farther along in playing this karma game, right? That we love, we love to talk about. They're closer to the divine by virtue of the good works and so on. And what are, what are the results of these man-made religions? religious attempts. Nothing but horrific inequalities. Take two of the major man-made religions. You got the Hindu culture, right? Hinduism. You know, that's big and trendy and with celebrities. That fight for equality. Human rights. Mercy, justice. And in the Hindu culture, for example, they practice the caste system. And in the caste system, which, which is, is made, made untold masses unequal and untouchable. <laughs> and then in the Muslim culture, right, another man-made religion, in the Muslim culture, Sharia law gives women and outsiders nothing resembling the rights and the privileges of the faithful men of that religion. If the question is asked, do, do, does man-made religion um, contribute to human equality, the answer is a big fat no. It doesn't. Religion is not the answer to equality in this world. and Nor is it where we get the idea that humans should be equal. It's not where we get the idea that there's humans are special, that they should be treated differently, that they're sacred and they're unique. Likewise, the idea of equality of, of people did not originate in, in the non-religious system. The, found, the, the foundation of, of the dominant secular view, which is what? Evolution. concludes, leads us to the conclusion that some are more fit than others. I'm sorry, we've got to think a little bit today. But if you believe that there is no God, and you believe that you're just a create, you're an animal, and participating in this fairy tale, magical land, because it had to poof into existence from somewhere, Right? It must have been magic. The, that you have to believe that it's survival of the fittest. Do whatever you need to survive. Even if it means trotting on those that are weaker than you are. Where did we get this idea to help the downtrodden? Where did we get this idea of loving our neighbors? Where do we get this idea of thinking of those 
those among you higher than you think of yourself. It can't come from a secular, evolutionary worldview. And what does that lead to? Evolution has given rise. You can read it in their books. You can see it in Margaret Sanger in Planned Parenthood. It leads to the rise of racism. It, it, it leads to views that some individuals, some people, and some races are more advanced than others. Thus, the godless evolutionary view of humanity cannot lead to equality and does not give way to the uniqueness and sacredness of human life. I mean, if you want to see the full-blown the full-blown measure of, of the idea of evolution being a worldview, you look no farther than, than Nazism. The superior, the superior races in communism. In Ecclesiastes 11.5 it says, As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. A biblical worldview is the only belief system that gives all humans equal value. Do you understand that? There is no belief system in the world where the entire teaching of that belief system says that all people have equal value amongst men and God. This is why the Founding Fathers in our preamble to the Declaration of Independence begins it with, we hold these truths to be self-evident. They're self-evident. You don't need someone to teach it, teach it to you. That all men are created equal. But after years and years and years of indoctrination in our school systems, I guess we do now need someone to teach it to us. That all men are created equal and they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. Equality and rights come from God. They do not come from government. All government did, all the Declaration of Independence does, is declare something that is already true. Much like the Gospel. We just proclaim something that's already true. God made us. And He says we have value no matter what government might say. It does not matter your age. It does not matter your race. It doesn't matter your class. It doesn't matter your religious beliefs. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation, intelligence, power, or income. We are equal before the eyes of Almighty God. And you are valuable to God. You are valuable to God. Not because of what you have or what you do, but because God made you in His image as a speaking spirit in this earth. You are valuable because God made you valuable. Because He made you in His image. From the very womb, the Bible declares to us that He formed us and knitted us together. And we just read we don't know how the Spirit comes in 
to the baby into the womb. And we don't know how God made all things. <laughs> the equality of all human beings taught only is taught only in a biblical worldview. And it has made such an impact on the world. It has gone far outside the four walls of the church building. Right? It's went around the globe. It's been adopted by even our most vocal critics. Our worldview that all humans are valuable, that we're all equal no matter what our strength is, no matter what our income is, no matter what our color is, no matter what our sex is, that we're all equal, has went around the world, and the only place that you can find that teaching is in the Bible. See, those that are godless, those that are God deniers, are, are just a bunch of freeloading evolutionists. They're freeloading on our faith. They're freeloading... They're stealing from our worldview. They can't have that worldview. Because their foundation of their worldview cannot lead to that equation. It's 2 plus 2 equals 4. 2 plus 2 does not equal 6. They are borrowing these ideas of rights and human dignity from the Christian worldview. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us man make man in our own image, after the likeness, after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You're, you even have dominion over the creeps. Praise the Lord. In verse 27 it says, So God created man in His image, and in the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. This Trinitarian God, Trinitarian, that's just a big word for the tr Trinity, right? That God is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in existence for all forever. There is no beginning with God. From the very beginning, he was a triune being, right? And he lived in eternal friendship with one another. Do you see that? The reason why that's in us is because that's how our Heavenly Father was. God did not create us because he was lonely. God had two of the best compadres there is He had the Father, He had the Son, or the three compadres. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were all in unity. They were all fellowshipping together. They lived in harmony. And just like when a husband and wife comes together and they fall in love and they have this, this, this marriage, they say, we got all this love. How do we share it with some, some, something else? And they have a child. God created humanity 
so that we might enjoy fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. God created us to bless us. He did not create us so we could bless Him. God has uniquely honored humanity in this way. He made nothing else. There was nothing else that He made in His image. Animals and plants do not bear the image of God. This honor is distinctly reserved for, by God for human life. Do you know that God made us in His image? And by making us in His image, He made us to, to reflect Him. You were created to reflect God. You were created to reflect God in the earth just like a mirror. That's what Adam and Eve was created to do. To reflect the glory of God in the earth. We live in a culture where we're encouraged all the time to be gazing in the mirror, right? Taking a selfie. Maybe it's time to start reminding ourselves the next time we we look in the mirror that uh, we were created to mirror God to the world. God created us to reflect His goodness and glory in the world around us, just like Moses when he came down from Mount Sinai and he spending time with God, radiating the glory of God from, his, from spending time in the presence of God. You and I were created by God and are in the earth to, to be an image bearer, to glorify God. And when you die, if you are in Christ, you will with, be with God forever, imaging Him and glorifying Him in a perfect, perfect, sinless state. We will live all eternity being image bearers of God Almighty. But since the fall, humanity has struggled with our identity. Is that true? And it's only by seeing ourselves rightly and biblically where we are between God and the animals that we have both humility and dignity. By understanding our position our God as created beings, we should remain humble towards God and dependent towards Him. We are not independent creatures. You were created to be dependent upon your Creator. By understanding our position of dominion, though, over creation, we embrace our dignity as moral superior to animals. See, this is what the Bible teaches, is it? and it's totally twisted in, the, in, in, in secular humanism. The Bible states plainly and repeatedly that we come from God. You came from God. All humans come from God. And that we are under His authority, the authority of God. And, and we will be judged by God. Right? 
And here are 12 truths that we're going to go through quickly that, that just point you to the fact that you were made in the image and likeness of God. And that we were unique in our lives. They are sacred. This is where we get this idea that lives are sacred. That there should be equality. That there should be justice. All of this comes from in the beginning. God created man in His own image. Male and female, He created them. Let us make man in our own image after our own likeness means you were created by a trinity. We are to understand ourselves not as autonomous, right? Individuals, separate, but rather image bearers made for four categories. This is why you were made. We were made for theological purposes. We were made to live in relationship with God in fellowship with God. That's why you were made. Psychologically, we were made to have relationship with ourselves. You have a relationship with yourself. Do you know that? Some of you guys got crummy relationships with yourselves. <laughs> and in that relationship with ourselves, we know who God intends us to be. And then socially, we were created to be social beings, right? We, we, were, we were created to live in relationship with other people, in community. And then the fourth, we were created in an environment. We were created and put into this physical earth. We are to live in relationship with all that God has put under our dominion. We are to steward and take care of what He has given us. Including the plants, animals, all of those things. Right? You know, you were, you, were, you were created by a triune being in His image. Have you ever thought about this? You yourself is, is a triune being. You, have a, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Isn't that interesting? You know what else is interesting? This is a rabbit trail. Well, there it goes. See it? When God gave the instructions to build the temple tabernacle also. How did he instruct it to be built? He instructed it to have a most holy place. The holy of holies, right? And then he instructed for it to have a holy place. And then he instructed for it to have an outer court. That is all a picture of you. Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God dwells in you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in you is the Holy of Holies. Your spirit is the Holy of Holies. Hmm. We were created this way. And unlike the rest of creation, which is made solely by God's Word, God formed us with His hands. Think about that. The imagery of, of God formed humanity with His hands, and then He breathed life into us. 
He breathed life into us. He didn't say that He did that to any other, other being. He breathed life into us, and we became speaking spirits. It's interesting that our, in our second birth, there, there, you see this same imagery. When Jesus rose from the dead, He says he was met with His disciples, and what did He do? He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And they were born again. So that we are now connected with God and able to speak His words over His creation. Genesis 1.31 calls creation of Adam and Eve a very good thing. In all of the rest of creation, God looked at it and what did He say? It was good. But when He created humanity, when He created you and I, He says it is very good. Good. Very good. You need to say that over yourself once in a while. You need to look in that mirror and say, I'm created in the image of God. And I am very good. Okay? Not because of what you did. Not because of what you look like. Not because of anything other than the fact that God made you that way. God made you that way. What would happen if humanity just, just had that on their, on their forefront of their mind, day in and day out. That I'm an awesome person just because God made me this way. I, I am special. I have dignity. I have self-worth. Because God made me this way. And if I was made this way, that's the way that I am. No matter how much I tried to abuse myself and use myself in ways that I wasn't created to be or think like. Right? You, 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 can, you can take a hammer to a, to a bolt all you want. It's still a hammer. It's, it's meant to pound nails, not twist bolts. And that's what humanity does to themselves constantly. We're using ourselves in ways that God did not attend us, intend for us to be used, and it breaks us. Ecclesiastes 7.29 says, God made man upright. Therefore, all human sin is fully the responsible, responsibility of sinners. This is something people... We live in a culture that we do not take responsibility for our actions. It's always got to be someone else's fault. And do you know where it really comes down to? We get, it comes down to the same thing Adam did. God, it's your fault. You gave me this woman. Right? It always comes back to God. God is truly the one at fault. See, we want free will, but then we want to blame God for our free will. All the effects of sin, the curse, were not originally part of God's plan. It wasn't part of His creation that He loved and said was good and then put you in His creation and says, you are very good. I said I was going to go through this quick, didn't I? <laughs> God is good. God is good. The Bible teaches that God is good. And He does not need 
to be compelled to give us grace. Understand what I just said there. You do not have to compel God. You don't have to plead with God. You don't have to beg God. You don't have to work for God to give you His grace. He is good, and He doesn't need to be compelled to give God's grace. He delights. He delights in doing so. Amen. And He does so without your request. He has already done it. It's available to the entire world. We are in a sea. We are drowning in the grace of God. And unlike the animals who were made according to their own kind, we were made according to the image of God. Human life is distinct and superior. I know these are words that aren't popular in our culture. Well, I live in a different culture. I live in the culture of the kingdom of God. We are superior to all other created things. We are altogether unique with special dignity, value, and worth. Because you were made that way. You were made in the image of God. You are unique and different from all His other all other created things. The very fact that God gives humanity commands is because He made us as moral image bearers. Think about that. He commands us to live a certain way. Why? Because He wants you to line up with who you are created to be. We can know right and wrong and we can respond to God with moral obedience and we can act in faith and love. No, no, no other created things can do that. You have an opportunity to react to God in faith. Faith in the grace that He has supplied to you. This, it's such an honor to be able to do that. To be able to react to God. To believe God. To trust God. Do you know? You know, stop complaining about your hardships that you're going through. This is the only time in your entire life, you're going to live forever, throughout eternity. This small glimpse on this globe is the only time that we get to react to God in trials and tribulations in faith. Trusting God. When you get to heaven, you don't need to trust God in tribulations. There is no tribulations. We get to, we get to allow God to manifest His goodness in our lives, in, in, in this world. Number seven. God granted us permission to explore His creation through everything from telescopes to microscopes. Think about that. We, we are different than all other animals. A cow, you put them in a pasture with some grass and some water, they're happy. You know, people talk about like horses and, and, and pulling wagons and stuff. You ever hear the the phrase beast of burden. They were created to do that. They were created to do physical labor. They were created not to say, I'm bored. Humans are the only thing to say, I'm bored. And we were created to explore. And we explore through the telescope, through spaceships, through microscopes, and all of these different forms. We explore this world. 
We humans have, are, 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 have curiosity. Right? It, it begins at birth, if, it, and it continues throughout life as we seek to experience and learn to travel the world and explore every nook of God's creation. That was put in you by God. You are unique. You are different. The Bible teaches this. This is the only thing, only worldview that teaches this. Humans have been given the ability to create. And from their own and, and form their own culture. We form a culture. And cultures change. Right? We have free will to do this. And this explains the, the, the love that people have for everything from fashion to film to music, right? Theater. Think of all these things that, that humanity has created because why? They were created in the image of their creator. Architecture, painting, photography, dance. Some of you shouldn't be dancing. <laughs> and storytelling. Think about those things. That We are so unique. We are so different from all other creation. Why? Because we were made in the image of God. This is why people long to be parents and consider children a great blessing. Right? People have... People crave to have meaningful work to do. Isn't that weird? We crave for meaning. We crave to accomplish something. We, 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 we crave those things. And some of us, you know, we, we might be doing a job that is not fulfilling to meet a need, but deep down inside, you still have this desire for purpose. That my life matters. Where does that come from? It comes from your Creator. This explains why we have this neat drive in most people, most people to work. Right? And God created us in his, as His image bearers, but not because He needed us in any way. God created us not because He needed us. That is so good for you to know. That you're not here because God needed you. God didn't need slaves. He didn't need little worshipers. Right? He bestowed on us dignity of being His image bearers solely for our benefit. Not His. God needs us for nothing, but gives us everything. Like a loving Father who generously cares for His kids. God created us to live in karam dio. That's a Latin word for Latin phrase for before the face of God. God created us to live before the face of God as friends. It's commonly used by theologians throughout the church history to explain the Christian life. That the Christian life is living before God as friends. Living before God. Your life is being lived out before your Creator. We were created to live a, a, 
live all of life in the presence of God. All of life in the presence of God. Under the authority of God. According to the Word of God. By the power of God. To the glory of God. Nothing in this life is secular. Everything is before the face of God. We do not live separate from the sight of God because all of life is sacred. You can't compartmentalize the Christian life. The Christian your Christian life cannot be compartmentalized and this is a disease within the church. You see it raise its its ugly head when you start speaking and preaching and teaching along these lines. Can't you just preach the gospel? Just preach Jesus. This is Jesus. This is the gospel. That you were created to live before God. That, that, that <laughs> when it, we talk, people say, well, the church shouldn't be political. The church isn't political. I, I, I do not take, I do not allow the government to get into this pulpit. But I will take this pulpit into government. All life is sacred. All life is, is to be lived before the face of God. You can't live one way on church on Sunday and line up with secular humanism, evolutionary worldviews Monday through Saturday. We are to take our worldview into all the world because it is the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the kingdom of God. It is the only thing that restores and builds up and gives equality, gives justice, gives mercy, gives compassion. It's the only worldview that preaches that, teaches that. So it's the only answer for all the things that the world is demanding. Amen. You know, in our first in our first teaching we established that unborn children are living human beings according to science. You remember that? If not, go listen to it again. Today we establish that all human beings are unique, are unique, that they bear the image of God, and that human life is uniquely sacred. Next week, we're going to look at God's answer. We're going to look at God's answer, the only answer that brings healing and redemption to all that we have broken in this world. Do you know God's answer? God's answer to the brokenness of humanity was a baby, was a zygote, was a, was a fetus, whatever you want to term it. God's answer was a baby.
I'm getting ahead of myself, but think about this. The very thing, the very thing that those call a clump of cells that they say has no value, has no dignity, has no worth, is not a person. God Almighty became. God Almighty became. So I think his value placed on it should take have a little bit more weight than the value that our culture puts on it. Amen. But this is such good news. People need to know this. We have been so lied to. We have been lied to by the big lie of, of evolution, of, of the pro-choice movement, all of these things that they think is the answer to happiness and world peace and kumbaya, let's sit around the campfire, utopian life is a lie. It doesn't lead to those. The, 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 the ends don't even connect. You can't be a survival of the fittest evolutionary foundation and have it connect with being humanitarian and justice and equity and compassion and love you can't it, it doesn't connect and for too long christians have been sitting here talking to idiots and le- and not not calling them out you you can't say the word compassion you can't say the word justice you can't say the word equality without 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 <laughs> Acknowledging the one that says that we are worthy of compassion, that we're worthy of dignity, that we are created equal. You cannot take the Creator out of your argument and steal his his ideology, ideology, right? foolishness. The Bible it says this. It's told us this. And it's so plain. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And as Forrest Gump said, stupid is what stupid does. <laughs> Amen? Amen. But we are image bearers. And we need to bring all of society, our kids, our neighbors, our college students, our teachers, our government officials, to the revelation that they are image bearers of God also. They were created as image bearers. That they have worth and, and, and they are valued and they are loved by their Creator. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You hmm, for Your Word of God. We thank You for the firm foundation of Scripture and of Jesus Christ. We thank You that He shows us who we are meant to be. Hmm. He is the express image of the Trinity with skin on. Father, may we see ourselves in that reflection. May we mirror Christ in the world. May we be image bearers and glorify God in a mightier way. Heavenly Father, may, may those that are around us hunger and thirst 
to know their identity in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have created all humanity in your image. We are sacred and we are unique from all creation. Thus, we are worthy of life. We love you, we praise you, and we celebrate you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karis.com.